Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, and welcome back to Believe in Jaguars. We got a really special guest today. I mean, this man honestly needs no introduction, but I'm introducing him anyways. We got MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew. I got to play with MJD and Jack, so I think we only got one year together, but awesome dude. The, b- before I really introduce him, I got to tell one quick story. We'd be playing games, right? We'd play a full game in in Jacksonville, whatever. It was a tough year that year, but regardless, we'd play a full game. After the game, I walk in the I walk in the weight room to grab like, maybe a little foam roll, grab a protein shake. MJD's on the squat rack. This man is squatting. That's how the, this is how this dude worked. But anyways, let's get this show started. Talk a lot of Jaguars today with the Jaguars legends. Legend Maurice Jones, dude. Thanks for joining us, Mo. Hey, Clay. Yeah, listen. That game, I was a little frustrated after that game. I remember it was the Chargers, and we we had a chance to win it. Yeah, uh, I really wasn't happy with some of the things that were going on because we had practiced our butt off that week, and so instead of blowing up on on some people, I decided to go hit the weights a little bit, try to calm down. Didn't help, but uh, <laughs> you know, try to get some of that extra energy out. But uh, no, nah, it's good, man. It's good to see you. It's been a while. No, it's been a minute, man. That's some good conflict resolution. I think everybody would be a bit better off if that's how they handled their, you know, and they're I had to go hit the squat rack, go hit the weights. But uh, that's good, man. So I don't, you know, let's let's get into, you know, some fun stuff. You, give me your thoughts on the Jaguars last season. What do you think about the, the way they turned the ship around? Because you, you remember the first half of the season? They were terrible. All the high hopes, they were bad. Trevor wasn't looking great. Second half of the season, you think they can keep that momentum going into this season and run away with the AFC South? Yeah, well, Clay, listen, I, I remember the whole Urban Meyer thing. Uh, I had talked to Shad Khan the year before, before he hired Urban Meyer, kind of wanted to help him if I could in any way, shape, or form. And he was really adamant about going with Urban. I got it. Like, Urban's had so much success everywhere he's gone. And he's, to be honest, he's still having success in Jacksonville now with that new facility they just built. So, that yeah. was kind of all part of the Urban Meyer deal, but it just didn't work out. And so with that being said, you know, we had a conversation. Uh, I would talk with Shad a little bit. He talked about, you know, some of the coaches he was hiring or he was looking to hire an interview. Uh, and Doug Peterson came up and I was like, I forgot all about Doug Peterson, <laughs> right? Because of the way it ended in Philly, it wasn't like it was his fault. He was a great coach, but it just yeah. weird. It was just a weird situation. Um so the way, and I was like, ah, maybe that works out just because of kind of all the turmoil. You get a guy that's played the position. Uh, you have a brand new quarterback. He's he's played quarterback in the league. He's coached quarterbacks in the league. He's been an OC, a play caller, and a head coach. Yeah. And I we talked about the resources you want around your quarterback. You want a guy, you want as many resources that your quarterback can go to to learn how to play this system or in this system and play the game. And so uh, Doug, once he hired Doug Peterson, it was really exciting for me personally just to kind of be around them, see the difference between him and Urban. And you know how it always is. Like when you have to learn a new system, you know, as a whole as a whole team, you're going to struggle early on. And I think as a coach, yeah. you got to learn your player as well. So um, I thought the first half, like they played, they'd had some exceptional games. They played well in Washington, but they messed up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They played well in spurts, like different situations, but overall they would kind of let it go. And I, I, I heard – Doug Peterson was like, look, during the bye week, I'm going to let you guys go. And, I, you know, we're going to kind of reset. And they came back. And right before the bye week, they everything had clicked, and they almost beat the Chiefs. They was like a close game against the Chiefs. Yeah. So I think once they realized, like, we can contend and hang with them, 
it kind of took off from there. But the one thing that I will say is a lot of guys started to step up on both sides of the ball, right? Defense, they beat the Cowboys on a pick six. They beat, uh, you know, the, the 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 offense looks good. Zay Jones steps up. Christian Kirk steps yeah. up. Travis Etienne and Denver, they should have won that game, right? Like, like they had yeah. a lot of games where guys were showing up. They just couldn't put it all together. And once they did, you saw it click. And then you have the the playoff game, right, where yeah. it literally was the tell of the season. The first half of the game was terrible. <laughs> it looked like the first half of the season. And then the yeah. second half of the game was the second half of the season. So, um, I, 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 there's a lot of high hopes, right? You add Calvin Ridley, you add some other players. Um, but what I, what I love about everything there is it's like our super calm. I, I went there in May with my kids, my boys, we went to go watch practice. It's super calm, relaxed. No one panics. It's just kind of like, look, this is what we do. We're going to be really good at what we do and we're going to force them to stop us. And that's, that's good. And that's Doug, man. You know, I had the opportunity to play with Doug in uh, Philly when he was a quarterback coach in three years. And he's taken a lot of that from Andy Reid. Remember, Coach Reid was has some crazy record, one of the best coaches in NFL history after the bye week. And I remember the media coming in and asking different players, "What is it that Andy does after the on the bye week that makes him so good?" And it's crazy enough, all he used to do was just give us time off. There ain't no secret. He gave the guys time off, reset. They came back. And, and we started playing better because you had that time off. You got to really take a step back, look at it, and kind of go in refreshed. And I love what you said about the, the, the people that they put around Trevor Lawrence, the coaches, the guys to learn from. Because obviously Doug was huge. But then you look at the staff that he, he brings in Press Taylor from Philly. He brings in Jim Bob Cooter, who was a former offensive coordinator. Right, This guy played with Matt Stafford, coached Matt Stafford. And he brings in Mike McCoy, who coached Peyton Manning former head coach, to have all these veteran coaches around Trevor, I mean, he obviously was going to improve. But looking at this season now, I know they're, they're, they're going to sign. They're, there's been talks about signing Jaden Clowney. But if you had to say there's one weakness, there's one position that you're kind of worried about on this Jaguars team, what would that be? I mean, it would, it would be the outside linebacker. I think that's why they're trying to address it. Um... You just you just got to get consistent pass rush, and, and obviously yeah. uh, Chazon they drafted in the first round, uh, Josh Allen they drafted in the first round. And you're expecting those guys to be you know booking edge rushers, right? And it just hasn't worked out the way they wanted to. But you know, like I think you you hit with your your off ball linebackers. I think you've hit with a lot of the defensive linemen that you picked up or, or drafted. Your corners yeah. have played better. Your safeties are playing well. You know, if you go to the offensive side, that that interior that O line is playing really well. Um, you added another running back. You you added Calvin Ridley. Like so, they have tight ends. It's really they're just looking to to, to really lock up that outside linebacker and get that edge rush right. And if you you don't need, you know, you don't need the T.J. Watts of the world. You just need a consistent pressure on the quarterback to help your defense right. And so yeah. that's kind of what they're looking for. Um, but other than that, I mean, like Clay, listen, they they got what you need on offense. You pick your poison. Yeah. How, how do you yeah. want? And then I always. I've always told our like the teams I coach now, I always tell them like a really good team, they could take away your first two guys and your third guy is gonna just excel because it's an opportunity he hasn't had, right? And that's kind yeah. of what it looks like. Like, who are you gonna stop at receiver? Calvin Ridley, okay, we're gonna try to stop him. Christian Kirk, okay, we'll try to stop him. Then here comes Zay Jones, right? Yeah. Um, from there you look at your tight ends, they have multiple tight ends that, that can go and get after it. They have multiple running backs, you have Trevor Lawrence. Their O line is really good. They got five or six really good offensive linemen that can that can sub in and play. And so, 
they've, they've done a great job of really building this roster and then molding into what they want. And then defensively, like I said, you just need some pressure on the opposite side of Josh Allen. You're just hoping that you find a guy that can give you a little bit more pressure to kind of unlock what he's shown uh, in spurts as well. He's shown some really good, some greatness at rushing the quarterback, but it hasn't been as consistent as you like. So, I mean, yeah. they're built and ready to go. And uh, there's a lot yeah. of people that are saying, oh, it's the Chiefs. And, you know, I love the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a great team. But I think Jacksonville is going to surprise a lot of people with the way they're they're able to get the ball on the perimeter, with the way they're able to run the ball downhill. Uh, their running game is really – their O-line coach is my old college my old college roommate uh, or teammate in Phil Rauscher. And then their oh. passing game coordinator, uh, Nick Holtz, was my receiver in high school. He was a receiver who played on the same high school team. So – I have a, still have a ton of connections there as well as other guys that were there when we were there. And they all say the same thing. It's like, we're just trying to perfect consistency. That's it. If we can be consistent, we have the players to make big plays. Yeah, absolutely. I think consistency is huge. And speaking of consistency, I want to get your thought. Obviously, O-line, outside linebacker is a tough position. You lose Arden Key, who is an under-the-radar good pass rusher, especially around the end of the season last year. And now Trayvon Walker. Okay, what's your thoughts on him? Only three sacks last year, up and down year. You look at a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who who had a much more successful year. Sauce Gardner had a great. Do you think the Jaguars missed with that first pick? Do you think Trayvon Walker has a chance to to really improve and, and, and show himself and to show J- Jacksonville what he can do this year? Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I, I think it's it's always hard when you pick a player. Um, you pick Trayvon Walker because of this. He's he's versatile. He can cover in the slot. He can rush at the three technique. He can rush at the end. He can play off yeah. ball. He did all that at Georgia. He did yeah. all that at Georgia, right, where Aiden Hutchinson played defensive end at, at Michigan. Sauce Gardner played corner only, right, at Cincinnati. Yeah. So you're getting a kid that can do everything. Now you're trying to hone in on certain things. So there's a lot of potential there. I just think his first year, put, been primarily being a rush, a rush guy, kind of was like, you know, he has to get used to it because you, st- you the first game you saw him play, make plays. He's made plays. And to be honest with you, I really believe they drafted him because who do you have to stop in the AFC South? You got to stop Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. So he's the guy yeah. that's going to set the edge, set be the physical, edge. do all those things because you got to win your division first. And now this second year, I think he'll, he'll you know, I, again, I was there. I saw practice. He looks he looks everything that you want him to look like, right? Yeah. yeah. Long arms, physical. You can tell he has an edge to him. Now it's about just unlocking that pass rush skills. And a lot of that is yeah. on him recognizing pass and then getting into his, his pass rush move as quick as possible. But I think he's going to be fine. And, again, it's about rotation. You talked about Arden Key. Arden Key was a great player for the Jags, not only on the field but in the locker room, right? He yeah. was a guy that was a leader in that locker room as well that kept guys going. And so you want to bring in another guy, you know, you know how it is, Clay, when we played, you know, Dwight Freeney and, and Robert Mathis would just come in on, on third downs. They had other guys to do the dirty work on first and second down. Well, he's oh, yeah. got to learn how to play all three downs. So um, I think, I think this is going to be a big year for him. Again, you got to have some type of rotation though at that. You just can't have a guy out there for 18 plays, 10, 12 yeah. plays. You got to find a rotation. And so I think Trayvon Walker, I heard that they were going to try to move him inside. When I was there, he was outside. So we'll see kind of how they're 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 going to mess with it. But he looks, like I said, he, he looks like he's gotten much better. 
Oh, it's good to hear because I know they need that. And you alluded to before that that you know you 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 like the Chiefs, but you weren't completely sold on them. I like people forget that if if the Jaguars don't fumble in that playoff game, there's a good chance they score and come back and, and get the ball again and win that game. And I think they would have. The momentum was in their favor. So this year, if there's one team in the South, I know the the Titans. Tannehill was hurt last year. They just got DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, Derrick Henry, right? And then you go to the Colts. They still got Jonathan Taylor. Okay, who's going to be? Is it Minshew? Is it Anthony Richardson? And then, you know, from there you go to the Texans. You don't know what they're going to bring with C.J. Stroud, young team. If there's one team that's going to, you know, come up and steal this division from the, the Jags, who are actually the favorites for the first time, and, and I can't remember how long since they were the favorites to win the division, which team do you think – would be that team that could give them a run for their money. Oh, it's always going to be the Tennessee Titans. I mean, to be yeah. honest, the Jags came and they took that division and they took that, that that the division from the Titans. But Tennessee is always tough. Now they had to do a purge, right? Let's remember they had to yeah. cut a lot of players. They had to they had to do some different things. But the one guy they AJ Brown, yeah, yeah. They, I can't believe they let him go. But that's Ooh. that's a, this is not to believe in the Titans. So yeah, I'm glad they did. But. <laughs> It's Derrick Henry, right? If you can't stop the run against the Tennessee Titans, you're going to lose because it opens up play-action pass and everything else, and it kind of puts you in the bind. So, again, I always tell people, I remember when the Jags drafted Trayvon Walker, and everyone's like, why would the, why would they draft him? And blah, blah, he's a project. I said, you have to set a vertical edge against the Tennessee Titans. You have to stop yeah. the run. That's the team that wins your division, and that's what you're going to have to do. They're going to try to give the ball to Derrick Henry 25 to 30 times in that game. They're going to try to wear you down. And so there was a big hit in Tennessee this year. I forget which linebacker did it. But that's kind of was the turning point of the Jags season in in Tennessee. That He smashed Derrick Henry. Ball popped out. I think he recovered the fumble. (laughs) And literally from that point on, Derrick Henry wasn't the guy that he had been to the Jags for a long time. They got to do that one more time. You got to go out there. You got to sweep them or split, whatever it is. But you got to beat them in Tennessee in order to to kind of take this division uh, whole. So to me, it's, it's, it's going against the Titans. It's going to be a big one for them. Yeah. All right, so we got to go here. You're obviously a great running back. You know the position. This AFC South, you got the Jaguars with Travis Etienne at 1,100 yards last year, 30 catches. The guy can do everything. You obviously got Derrick Henry in the AFC South. You got Jonathan Taylor in the AFC South. And you got a youngster in Damian Pierce, who actually, Lovey Smith, fifth-round draft pick last year, showed a lot. He showed a lot, and I'm very impressed by this kid. How do you rank? I, I don't know. This might be controversial. How do you rank these running backs in the AFC South for this season? We're not talking about past years, obviously. C- career-wise, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor. But coming into this year, who are your top four running backs? Yeah, so I I hope the Jags fans respect the truth in this. You know, Derrick Henry (laughs) is always my number one back because there's no running back that's ever been like him. 6'3", 250 pounds. He's always going to be number one because he's a unicorn, right? It's like like having a 6'7 receiver that can run a 4'3". Like, he's always going to be number one because he has something that none of us have ever had. From there is going to be Jonathan Taylor. And this is why. If he plays this year, which I, I believe he will, if he plays this year, you have a quarterback. And I always used to tell people this. It's different running with a pocket passer than it is with a running quarterback because <laughs> yeah. he just has to account for his ability to run. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson is what, 6'5", 6'6", 250. Again, another person that the defense has to account for. So it's going to give less people to have their eyes on Jonathan Taylor. He should go. From there, I'm going to go Travis Etienne because, again, talking with the Jags, they're going to utilize him a ton. You talked about the rushing yards, 1,100 rushing yards or 30 catches. I think the catches are going to go up. The yards are going to probably stay the same. Um, but they don't want to run him into the ground, right? They want to use yeah. B, so they're going to use him a little bit more. They want to use some other guys to keep him fresh uh, throughout yeah. the course of the season, which is a good – I mean, if you're trying to win a championship, that's what you got to do. You got to find ways to keep guys fresh. So come December, guys are rolling. And last but not least, I'm going to go with Damian Pierce, which is still a guy that can be one, right? Because yeah. from what my understanding is, Houston's going to lean on the run. They're going to run yeah. that kind of football. So if you're playing fantasy football, Damian Pierce is a guy that you want on your roster because they're going to run. I just don't know how successful they'll be. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's a, I think that's a good ranking. As a, as a Jags fan, former Jag, I, I want to put – Travis Etienne higher because I love it. this guy. He looks like he's in fast forward. He's quick, oh but in that division, you got you got. I mean, come on, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor. These are two of the best in the, in the entire league, and I still think Travis Etienne's up there. So while we're on, you, you know, rankings, right? Trevor Lawrence. It recently came out the NFL top 100. I mean, this guy was was barely on the list. He was behind Justin Fields. He was behind two. He was behind some quarterbacks that. He has better numbers then, and you would think that maybe he should be up higher on the list. Where do you put Trevor Lawrence heading into the season? You remember the second half of last year, Trevor Lawrence went 7-2. He won a playoff game. He almost beat the Chiefs. He had the second-best completion percentage and the second-best rating in the league the second half of the season, including a 15-2 touchdown to interception ratio and this guy isn't in the top 10 quarterback list in my opinion he's I think he's right behind the big four when you got Josh Allen Joe Burrow obviously Pat Mahomes at the top then I think he's right in there with with just Jalen Hurts after Jalen Hurts you got Trevor Justin Herbert and I think he's right there at maybe six right now yeah where do you put him yeah I put him at seven and and just just because you obviously have Patrick Mahomes as number one, right? Let's, let's yeah. put that out there. Yeah, you can't, yeah. a, close, a close two, a close second is going to be Joe Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, you watch him play, what he's able to do with the line that he had, like his yeah. confidence, his ability, like that. That's he has what we call the it. Like, you really see the it with him. Um, yeah. Number three was Josh Allen, just because he's he's been phenomenal, just hasn't won the big one, hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl, right? Like Joe Burrow's gotten there. Yeah. Um, Four, I want to say I had Lamar. And and this I the reason I had Lamar at four is last year he was hurt. Yeah. But you saw the you saw the big drop off with them. And our old, I don't know if you were I don't think you were there. Todd Munkin was a receiver coach when I was in Jacksonville. And he's the obviously the OC from the University of Georgia. And if you watch how they play, it fits yeah. perfectly what Lamar Jackson does. So yeah. Lamar, to me, I think he he was on a year or two away from that that big season he had. I think Lamar is going to be back to having a great season, especially with the weapons they put around him with Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. He's going to be be there. Um, Five, I want to say, I'm trying to think. uh, I think five, I went either Aaron Rodgers or Herbert, either either one of those two. And then I did go Trevor Lawrence. And then the reason reason being is why he's so down right now is, and, and I'll tell you why people have Justin Fields ahead of him, but the reason he's down is you want to see him do it for a full season. 
right? Yeah. So many times you'll see teams that are kind of okay, play well in the back half, and they kind of go in, and you're like, oh, they're going to be great. They People just want to see him play for a full season, see kind of what he looks like in a full season. Now, I think he'll go up there and perform well, and I think he'll jump in front of Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. But in order to yeah. jump in front of that of those other guys, you got to kind of put work in for like three, four, five, six years in a row. Uh, if you look at Mahomes, like he's been to the AFC Championship every time he started. He's yeah. been to the AFC Championship game, right? Uh, yeah. We are talking about the other guys. But the reason with Justin Fields on that top 100 plays is voted on by the players. Who had more splash, splash plays, though? Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> like, Justin Fields every week was like 80-yard run, like sprint all around. like. And so he did a lot with a little there in Chicago. And I know you – I see you up there working and you kind of yeah. – all those guys as well. He did a lot with a little. So I understand why the players put him there. I think he has to work on his throwing to be to be ahead of Trevor. Um, yeah. What I do like about Trevor is he's he's getting better with the running, right? He's not running to score. He's looking to throw when he takes off, and if it's not there, then he'll run and get a first down. That's what you're looking for out of your quarterback. So I think Trevor's maybe two or three notches ahead of Justin Fields right now. Um, but, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a race, right? Those are two guys that have been linked together from high school to college. Yeah, yep. And now on the pros, so they're gonna it's gonna be a race to see who gets uh, who who stays on top. But those are two really good guys, and like I said, Trevor, you added another weapon with Trevor, so he's gonna take another jump having a, a number one wide receiver in Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think that's gonna be very exciting for him. Yep, and the second year in Doug Peterson's system, a guy who played quarterback, like you said, was a quarterback coach, was an offensive coordinator, and now is a head coach and is still calling the plays for the Jags. Before we let you go. Mo, we got we got to ask you this: What will the Jaguars' record be, and how far will they go if and when they make the playoffs? Yeah, so it's funny you say that. I feel like the Jags are gonna. I feel like the Jags are gonna twelve to thirteen wins this year in that range. Um, I think you'll oh, be. Big. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. You know, you'll be surprised yeah. by who they play and how they play. Um, I think they're they're a better they're a much better team than they were last year. Um, again, you you've only added pieces to get better. Um, but the thing is this: when you get to the playoffs, it's about matchups, and you have to match yeah. up well, right? Um, you don't want to match like I think they they match up well with Cincinnati. I think they match up really well with Cincinnati. I think they match up well with Buffalo. I just don't think they match up well with the Chiefs, even though they played well. It's they don't have a guy that could cover Travis Kelsey, and that's yeah. gonna be the, that's kind of the issue, yeah. right? Baltimore they match up well. Baltimore they play a different style of ball, but Mark Andrews is a tough tight end, but he doesn't he doesn't move around as much as Travis Kelsey does, right? No. So no. That, those are kind of the things when you when I look at it is, I think that I think the Jazz can go to the AFC Championship game again. I think yeah. they're that good. I think they're that talented. Um, now it's on them how they execute, how they perform, but they have the ability and the talent to do it. Um, it's just about can you, how do you match up with that team, and can you outscore those teams, right? Because when you go into yeah. playoffs, it's about putting up points. You got a guy that hasn't been covered before in Calvin Ridley, so maybe the yeah. Jags have the they've added the piece that that is going to work. But to me, I, I say twelve to thirteen wins and and probably. Better than what they did, so I'll say the AFC Championship game is where they where they end up this year. Man, you heard it here, Duvall. Twelve to thirteen wins, 
AFC Championship game for your Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm looking forward to the season. we got to say thanks to Jaguar legend Maurice Jones-Drew, MJD, for stopping by Believe in Jaguars. Appreciate you, Mo, and hope to see you soon. Yeah, I'll see you later, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.